Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is your boy, Stevie Jobber. And it's your boy, Dangerous Duke. And welcome back to the Dangerous Jobbers podcast, putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. This is the real us putting wrestling over. <laughs> you had to know I was going to throw it in. <laughs> welcome. This- welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. Um, oh, man. We got a lot to report. Uh, I'm going to start with the wrestler of the pod. The wrestler of the pod today is somebody I've gotten to see live uh, multiple times. He's very impressive. He's 27, um, and they know him as the indestructible, the heavyweight hustle, Calvin Tankman. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. From MLW, um, he's had multiple accolades. He's been... Uh, IWA world champion, WTF champion, uh, BLP heavyweight champion, Midwest Territory champion for 227 days, still currently holding that title. The FU heavyweight champion, very ironic, real company, uh, 127 days. And the Bizarro Lucha, Lucha Versal champion, that is a real thing. <laughs> and he has had that belt for 862 days. Damn. Very accomplished. Um, my next pick for MLW Openweight Champion, Calvin Heavyweight Hustle Tankman. Okay. Hey, Calvin Tankman's a pretty sharp dude. Yes, sir. Um, and with that being said, man, let's head right into the indie news. Yeah, man. Uh, let's jump right in. First things first, guys. If you ain't following us on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all that good stuff, make sure you go over there. Go give us a follow. Check out the website because we're always putting up new stuff and you'll be able to catch everything over there as well. Um, So we're going to jump right into the indie news. I'm going to kick it off with the real indie news, like, you know, not the actual (laughs) bigger indie companies. Yeah. Uh, We're going to start with a match that's going to be happening for Northeast Wrestling. Mm-hmm. March 27th, we're going to be getting the return of Matt and Jeff, the Hardys, going up against Enzo and Cass. Um, now, most people know I am not an Enzo fan. I'm not the biggest Enzo fan in the world. You are not. Um, but with that being said, I actually like this match. I like this match just simply because Enzo said around the time he left, the worst thing they could have did was give him a match at WrestleMania with the Hardys in it. Because yeah. after that, he felt like he made it. <laughs> and now he's getting that match just as a straight-up tag team match, not a fatal four-way ladder match. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So it, it's actually pretty dope when you, when you think about a full-circle moment. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a fan of them. You get the match with them at Mania with, like, three other teams, and now you're on the indies and you're getting a match with them by yourself. So I'm here for it. I think it's going to be a pretty good match. Uh, It'll probably be one of the better Enzo matches. So, I mean, yeah, I'm here for it. I'm glad it's going to happen. Yeah, and Enzo has gotten sharper since being on the indies. Um, 
his heel work has gotten better. It's it's just enough talking from Enzo. Yeah. He's mastered talking just enough and doing enough in-ring work to where it's not fantastic, but it's everything he does matters. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure, I mean, I still think the Hardys are going to carry the match, but I'm sure that new style and how much better he's gotten is going to provide a great uh, a great match for them. And I'm very happy for everybody involved, even W. Morrissey. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that match is going to happen. And also, as you guys have seen, Braun Strowman, for, well, Adam Scher, formerly Braun Adam Strowman, Scher. is now with uh, um, EC3, mm-hmm. doing the Control Your Narrative stuff. Mm-hmm. And now they're saying they're very close to getting a TV deal done. Um, I don't know if this is going to play into another company or if this is just going to be like a series. But it's interesting because now you're starting to see more people take wrestling into their own hands and try to do their own thing without a big company backing them. And I think... I was going to say... I was going to say, I think Cody kind of, Cody and the Bucks and them kind of started this trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just surprised they're getting a TV deal so soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, they have connections, one of them. One of them. One of them. But it's still, it's still pretty interesting that they're getting a TV deal so fast. But, um, you know, more power to them. I hope it's like, lucha underground where it's not an all-year thing but it's like a seasonal um Mm -hmm. show because i feel like control the narrative as a well that won't be the actual name of the wrestling show but i feel like the way that they do all the promos thus far ec3 has done the promos it seems like more of a storyteller show yeah um so I would I would hope that it's it's closer to Lucha Underground where they have seasons instead of um, just being an all year kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it probably benefit whatever talent went there as well. Yeah. Um, so, good for them. Good for Titan. Yeah. So hopefully that come hopefully that comes pretty soon and they do well with it. Um, also speaking of hoping they do well with it. Somebody else who I hope does well. Um, A recently released superstar made their debut in another company. Now, I guess their 90 days was up because they were able to go somewhere else. This is in AAA. Oh, I know what you're talking about. We got John Superstar. Mm -hmm. That's what he's going under now? Johnny Superstar. Oh, wow. Now, if you guys don't know who Johnny Superstar is, it is Johnny Mundo. It is Johnny, Johnny the original, yeah, Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Impact, John Nitro. Morrison. <laughs> like, there's just Johnny whatever, just Johnny, Johnny insert whatever. here. But, yeah, John Morrison is going to be now known as Johnny Superstar, and he's wrestling in AAA. Mm-hmm. A style fit. I mean, the dude can still go. He can still do the tricks. He can still do the flips. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. go to Triple mm-hmm. I think I think it's pretty cool. Um, at least till he finds his footing. I still would like him to go somewhere in the states. In the state, I want him to go to NWA. It's not even. Um, I just want him to go somewhere where he can hold a title that's revered. I mean, you never know. He could go to AAA. He could win the AAA title and then pop up in AEW or still pop up somewhere else. That's true. Not to discredit AAA, but we all know how good he is and how well he works in AAA. But I want him to get one of those big name titles. Not necessarily mm-hmm. AEW because it's, it's crowded over there. We tried it twice in WWE. It's just not going to happen. But New Japan or NWA to hold those belts would be significant world title, you know. And I feel like he deserves yeah, that. It, it, mm-hmm. For how many years he's been great and just, you know, he's held Overlooked. world titles, but not to a level of like this significant world title. Mm-hmm. I never want that for Johnny. Um, do you think Ty Valkyrie is going to go there since he's down there in Triple uh, A? Um, I would think so. I mean, and she could, she could definitely pop up over there. I would like to see her somewhere else. I'd, I'd be more inclined to see her. Damn, I don't, I don't want to say Impact. Uh, but yeah, Impact is like the first thing that comes to mind. Maybe, maybe NWA. Maybe. But yeah. I, I wouldn't, I'm triple A wouldn't be a bad spot for her, but there's other places that could better use her and better be a better fit for her. I'm so, you know what? I'm actually surprised it didn't go back as Johnny Mundo instead of going. Well, he wasn't, he wasn't Johnny Mundo over there, right? No, he was Johnny Mundo on Lucha Underground, but I feel like the name. Yeah, it still would have fit. You know, he's always got to be Johnny something. He's got to be Johnny something. That's going to be his new name. It's going to be Johnny something. I was going to say, that actually sounds like a dope name. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's everything I have for the actual, like, indie news. So now I'm going to just do a quick jump to ROH because I only got one thing for them. Uh, they just made their final announcement on who they're inducting into the Hall of Fame. So I guess they're only going with four inductions this year. Okay, I'm fine and, with that. And the final induction is going to be CM Punk. Mm-hmm. That's tough. I'm, I think we called this. I got, Dude, yeah. I think we pretty much predicted the entire first round of inductions. Yeah, we definitely said CM Punk. I may like have minus Nigel McGinnis. Yeah, I was about to say. I, I may have mentioned Nigel McGinnis. But yeah. But yeah, I think we got it right because um we both called Briscoe's. Yep. Um you called Danielson. Mm-hmm. I know I called Joe. I don't know if you called Joe, but I, I know I called Joe. Yeah. Um and then I think. And I think I called Punk, or we both might have called Punk. You think we both might have called Punk? Yeah. 
they got it right for first. It's just, yeah. um, well, I guess they'll do like a build up thing. I'm so used to WWE's kind of um, stacking on and leaving like one big name per Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in but this it, situation, it it's, doesn't it's matter. Still, it's yeah, and and it's they they can use more than one big name because they're not inducting eight big names in a row. That is true. That's it's literally just it's just four people or technically five, I guess, mm. going in. Um, could you figure one tag team, three single stars? Yeah, so they got four inductions. So I mean, it's not like they're doing eight inductions, mm-hmm. and it's not like last year where they're inducting. What did they do last year? Like twelve people. Yeah, they did a lot. Because- because they did 2020 and 2021 the same year. Mm-hmm. And Batista still control. Yeah, so. Well, we 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 still got to talk about their Hall of Fame later, but mm. so that's the uh, that's the ROH news. CM Punk, the final inductee into the 2022 inaugural Hall of Fame class for Ring of Honor. Um. So with that being said, we're gonna jump right into Impact. We just got a couple small things for Impact, one of which being the heart and soul of Impact, Eddie Edwards, mm-hmm. turning his back mm-hmm. on his company. Yeah, Talk about shocking. a mindfuck. Very shocking. Nailed Rhino in the head with a, a kendo stick during the big uh, Ring of Honor or Honor No More versus Team Impact. Um, and Eddie Edwards played Big Show. And by that, I mean yeah. turning at the moment when everyone needed him. <laughs> um, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty shocking. Um, I mean, Eddie Edwards did have roots in ROH, but much more revered in Impact. So I wonder what that means going forward. Like, are all those people? spending a short time in impact until ROH is back up and then uh honor no more leaves back to ROH um or are they just here to stay and they're like an NWO invasion and Eddie Edwards is their new inside man um so um, it's, it's kind of th- I'm not sure what it means. Because if it means Eddie Edwards is known to ROH, then that's big news. Um, but if it's just if it's just like a heel turn and everyone's staying there and he's just leading that group, um, honestly, it could be Eddie's way back to the top, if that's the case. Yeah, it definitely could. And I could I could see them working an invasion angle mm-hmm. eventually, just because they've done it before. In mm-hmm. fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think they did it with who was it? I think they did it with ECW before. Yeah, before yeah, yeah, WWE. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, I th- I think they did it before WWE did it in what was it like oh six or something oh five oh six. I forget. I think they I think it, they like, did it. Yeah, they definitely did that. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I would. I mean, I wouldn't mind it. It's, it's still, it's still a good deal for me. 
Um, and then there's also one more thing that we have to discuss regarding impact. And Stevie Jobber, you need to get ready for this one. You need to look at me in the eyes when I say this, okay? <laughs> I got you. I got you. What is going on with Bullet Club? Bullet Club is I'm, crying. I don't know, man. I'm skeptical because Jay White has turned on G.O.D. And I am heartbroken. It seems like a simultaneous um, switching out. Um, and like, the, are we just switching out? We the God seems to be switched out for the Good Brothers. So we basically just took away one OG just to bring in another OG. It seems like it. I just wonder Damn, what man. that means for God. Let's, let's see. You see what I did there. Yeah, I mean, because I, I'm I'm pretty sure we just talked about this like last week or maybe two weeks ago, mm-hmm. where it came to picking sides. I don't know where my allegiance is anymore because I don't think I can be with Switchblade after that. Oh yeah, you don't think so? I I know. I think I, I think I'm gonna be the new Big Show. I think I'm gonna be the new Big Show because I might have to. I don't know. I'm going to give it some time and ponder it, but I think I'm going to have to wind up pulling the old Sammy Guevara and taking off the black and white. Mm. Well, and then just jumping over to the gorillas. Well, uh, Tonga's in full kayfabe because uh, he went on Twitter yeah. and <laughs> told Jay White he's a fucking dead man. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, he's he's playing it up very well. Yes, yes. Uh, so I, I wonder what's gonna happen, man. I have no clue, no clue. Um, no clue. I don't know. This I isn't like WWE where you can kind of. I don't know if this was the one-off to just switch them out and then. G.O.D. goes back to New Japan or G.O.D. is officially in the States alone now. I have no clue what's going on. There's a lot of tag team turmoils happening at the moment. Um, so I'm I mean, unless... Sure. Now, see, this this would have been the perfect time for, for Balor to just be out. See, that was my thing. It would have been better. It would have been a better situation if... Balor was waiting out of his contract because then you could see Balor connecting with G.O.D. at the end of this and it just being three different clubs mm-hmm. with the Good Brothers, Jay White, Chris Bay, and Cole with Redragon. And it could be Kenny mm-hmm. with the Bucks and the Bucks. Would it just be the Bucks? Yeah. 
Well, the I, I think the yeah, so it'd be Kenny and the Bucks, it'd be Cole and Redragon, it'd be Jay White, Bay and the Good Brothers. And um be, and then if Finn was out, it'd be Finn and G O D. Yeah. And then it'd just be who's I mean on the fan circuit, which might be Finn, I would honestly assume. Finn would just Well unless I mean, unless they like have a plan of trying to get evil in the states, mm. and then you and then you could just bring evil in and have evil with God. But I don't, I don't even think evil and God are on good terms. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, you could always bring Fale in too, because oh, Fale is technically now. I, I think now technically Fale would be the longest ten. Uh, member of Bullet Club. Mm, yeah, you might be right. Because if this if if this means God's out, it was between him and Tama Tonga because they're the last two originals. Mm-hmm. So if Tama's technically out, then Fale would be the longest tenured member because he was there since 2013 with Tama Tonga. Um, explanations are definitely needed. I need to know what G.O.D. is doing. Um, But message to G.O.D., if they have nothing going further um, after the Jay White revenge angle, if you're just going to be on your own and you're going to be in the States and you're not really sure what you're doing after this whole feud thing, go to MLW. Just my personal opinion. There could be somebody over there that could use a tag team right now. Recently singled out, you know, might be a Samoan over there that you guys could help out. This may be the kind of has your same fuck everybody attitude. Could be some bloodline kind help over I was going to say kind of got the family ties mm, there's a little, little bit of ties over there a little it, bit of ties it, I would like to see might, it might work out for for the better yeah yeah Two Damn, outlandish now that you now that you mention that that does sound interesting here's personalities in the promos which is hopefully crazy. somebody we get on the pod soon hopefully I'm really hoping so but I'm not gonna, you know. <laughs> in case we do get them, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna spoil it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we just yeah. plant Easter eggs. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Just, just we're just planting Easter eggs. Um. Which and I'm and I might plant another Easter egg for you later when we do the shoutouts. But yeah, as far as as far as God and Jay White, I have no idea until the promos come out what is happening here. I've heard no rumors about the long term yeah. plans. I have no idea. This was a total shock to me. Total shock. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can agree. I mean, I, I messaged you while it was happening, and I said, "By God, you son of a bitch, why?" <laughs> like, I, I wanted answers. Yeah, these were his guys, man. I've I wanted answers, like in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. That's um, that's my results for Impact. Those are my uh, quick rundown bullet points, I guess. 
Um, so where do we jump to next? Are we jumping to AEW or are we going to jump to WWE? Uh, we'll jump to AEW, man. There's, there's, there's a lot of stuff happening, but there's not a lot of stuff happening. Um, I'll end on probably gotcha. the biggest things. And I can start with Jay White. Um, because Jay White showed up last week. He had his first match with uh, Trent Beretta this week. And beat him clean, but they had a hell of a match. And uh, anybody who remembers Trent Beretta from his singles runs um, has always been a very great singles competitor. So this was kind of a match to put Trent back on the map as far as singles go, um, while strongly putting over Jay White, which they did masterfully. Um, so Jay White is officially in impact kicking ass i don't know exactly where this one's going i can predict it i have my theories about um what's going to happen long term with jay white in AEW with red dragon and uh adam cole but i won't say it mm -hmm. for sure but it, i i have an idea um so yeah. jay white beat trent beretta um, which was pretty cool. Um, moving on from that, um, also happening on Rampage, I believe, uh, Brian Danielson beat Lee Moriarty, who was one of the prospects he wanted to join him uh, and Mox in this faction that they haven't decided if they're going to do yet. After he beat him, he got on the mm -hmm. mic and kind of demanded an answer from Moxley, who replied with something very interesting. Um, he said that he doesn't fight next to anyone he hasn't bled with and kind of left it up in the air for Daniel uh, or for mm. Daniel's son, which means to me, which I think implies that if this faction is going to happen, we will have to see Brian Danielson versus John Moxley first. So I'm 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 very okay with that. I mean I was okay with the formation of the faction, though I was very skeptical that Moxley was going to do it and I thought that that was going to create their feud. Um, and it started to seem like mm -hmm. that because Moxley was wondering if Daniel was calling for the faction in order to help young talent or because he knew that standing next to Moxley was better than standing against him. That's how we started the problem. Mm -hmm. So I thought this was going to result in Danielson versus Moxley. But now it seems like we're really going to get this feud, but we're going to get the Moxley-Danielson match first. And then we're going to get the mm -hmm. faction, which is great, but I just don't know still. Because here's the thing. If they fight, and it's a great fight, and then they're together, and then they're a team, that's amazing, right? 
Uh, I can only mm. imagine the character changes, the people that could help. But what happens if Moxley beats Danielson? Mm. Do they still do it, or is there resentment there? Yeah. You think they still do it? No, I I think they still do it just just because even even if Danielson loses and Moxley wins, Danielson still wants it, and well, and the story wise, he still wants it. And it could be like one of those, um, like when Riddle was, you know, trying to persuade Randy, and Riddle was getting RKO'd left and right. But he's still there, like, I want it, I want it, with the thumbs up. And Randy's like, this dumb son of a bitch has no quit. Mm. All right, come on, let's see. Mm. Yeah, let's give it a shot. I think it'll be like one of those. Okay, I can see that. I can see them working that angle. All right. I just I just hope that it doesn't. I mean, I never thought I would compare. Yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say, I never thought that I would compare Brian Danielson and Matt Riddle, but that that's kind of that, that that's kind of what I see. Yeah, they both love plants in two totally different ways. Um. Oh God. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I I get what you're saying. I could see Mox winning in a way where Brianson just won't quit. Um. Did I just say Bryanson? Damn, where where Danielson yeah. just won't yeah. quit. <laughs> I had to catch myself. And I knew you get that there. That did not sound right. Um, where Danielson just won't quit, um, and so they end up at the end of it just joining forces with uh, no tension. I just hope it's not a double swerve for because I actually want this faction to happen. And I don't know who they would yeah. drag, but I can think of a couple characters that just need. Um, to be freed from whatever gimmick they're working right now. Mm-hmm. Um, following up after the Brian Danielson and Moxley stuff, I believe Dynamite opened with uh, CM Punk cutting his promo on MJF, um, telling you when and where and what the match would be against MJF. And he had a couple good key points in the promo um with uh going through the different types of matches and what it takes to win and who would get involved and he landed on a match I did not see coming the dog collar match which at first yeah. seemed, it, hear me out at first it seemed really like are we really doing another crazy gimmick from the 80s match? And then I thought about it and I was like, you know what? This one makes sense. This this yeah. one kind of makes sense because now if you have him on a leash, you can kind of keep a tab on where he's at at all times to make sure he's not cheating. You can't really stop mm-hmm. anyone from interfering in a cage match. 
maybe a hell in a cell, but there's, I don't know, there's still, eh, you're not 100% that he's not going to be able to find a way to get around things. But if you have him on a mm-hmm. leash, you kind of got him. You yeah. kind of got him no matter what. So I, this one makes sense. I got to give it to him. Yeah, it, it was definitely a shocker of a match pick, but it's not it's it's not the worst match that they could have picked. You know, it's not yeah. the exploding match. It's it's not um uh what the hell was that match? Like there there's worse matches they could have picked. This match it it still gives you the story that they're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like like it it fits very well with the story that they're trying to tell. So I'm not upset with the match. Definitely shocked. Like not not even shocked. Definitely surprised mm-hmm. at the match that they picked. But mm-hmm. not not a bad match. Not a not a bad pick in my and opinion. It, and it leads me to believe that uh, Punk is going to win because MJF had no words. He came out at the end of the promo, yeah. about to talk, and had nothing to say. And it's mm-hmm. the first time MJF has had nothing to say. Just frustrated. Yeah, it's just one of them rare instances. So it leads me to believe Punk has found a way to win uh, and kind of has his number. So I think that's going to turn out good. It'll be probably the first good dog collar match in years. Um, because I can't remember one that I ever liked. Um, but it, it 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 this could be the best one in years. Um, so they're having a dog collar. Um, boom, boom, boom. I want to save the biggest points for last. Let's go to Mercedes Martinez versus Thunder Rosa and No DQ. They mm-hmm. had a fantastic match. Um, Thunder Rosa won clean, which I wasn't a fan of, but I, but I totally understand. I under, I get it. This has to happen. Um, but they shake hands after, um, they kind of call a truce, which doesn't, doesn't fare well for Mercedes because after that, uh, Britt Baker, DMD shows up with her her group uh, and goes to um, the leader of Cobra Kai who tells her to finish it. (laughs) And they proceed Mm -hmm. to beat down Thunder Rosa and Mercedes takes too long to do her part and they end up jumping Mercedes as well. Um, and then they end up fighting together. So it seems now that Mercedes is face, even though coming in heel. I don't know how long Mercedes having a face run is going to last, but I dig the way they did this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope this is not over. I hope this is a thing that um, goes for a month or two um, just to have a strong spotlight on Mercedes, even if it's standing next to Thunder Rosa the whole time. They're still next to Britt Baker. Um, 
in there with Thunder Rosa, two of the biggest names in the women's uh, division in AEW right now. So it'd be a strong start for Mercedes. Yeah. And then they would just have to take care of her afterwards. Uh, but that's good to see. What are your thoughts on uh, Mercedes turning face? Definitely didn't see it coming. Um, I don't really see her as a face. It's it's but, hard to see her as a face. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and I can't even and I, and I can't even throw a butt in there. It's just it's just hard to see her as a face. I mean, crazier stuff's happened. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just not something I would have done. Would have just let her. Like I don't want to say stick to the basics, but do what you know. Mm-hmm. You know how to be that rough, uh, kind of arrogant, just bruiser. Mm-hmm. So it's worked in the past. Yeah, just stick with it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if it's gonna last long, but I like it in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think the after this is over carefully handling her character to maybe be more of a tweener uh, would really benefit her in storyline. Yeah. Um, following that, one of the biggest things of the week for me was the pride and the powerful um, going up against Chris Jericho and uh, what's Swagger's name now? Hager. Hager. Jake Hager. Yeah, Jake Hager. Jake Hager. Um, who I I gotta be honest, I almost forgot was in AEW for a while. Uh, I feel like I had not seen Hager do anything of value I understand for a it. while. Um Hager has been lingering yeah. in the background. Um, but it's probably because he's still he's he's probably still trying to do MMA, so he's probably like only here every once in a while for stories of when they need him. Um, but yeah, seeing uh, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager uh, take on the Pride and the Powerful. Um, how did you feel about? Did you see the match? Were you able to catch it? No, I, I wasn't able to catch the match. No. Um, well, I saw it, um, and they really, they really did their thing. Um, I mean, Hager was Hager, which is not to say that he's, he Mm -hmm. did a bad performance, but he's the muscle. So there was a lot of tossing around and this and that. Um, but the pride and the powerful did all their spots. Uh, they got all their stuff off. Jericho sold brilliantly and they kind of just beat down Jericho until they could get the tag in the Hager. Uh, the pride and the powerful ended up winning clean as I feel like they were supposed to. And I'm happy they went this way. Mm-hmm. I would have been very upset had they not put them over because I feel like this implosion needed to happen. Um, I didn't want to see any handshakes at the end of it. I needed to see a lot of character from the Pride and the Powerful. I needed to see good spots. I needed to see a clean win, and I needed them to be done with it. 
Um, and hopefully mm-hmm. there's no reconciliation promo after this next week. I just want them to be on their own or with Eddie, who was really um, the determining factor for me about how they won because the interest has happened. And then before yeah. the bell rang, Eddie came down to be by their side. Did not get involved in the match at all, but he came down to be by their side. And I feel like he was the missing piece of the story because um, I feel like he's going to be the guy mm-hmm. kind of managing them back to tag team relevancy. Um, and and less of a faction state, more of a more of just being a manager. And I know Eddie's trying to yeah. slim down and get in shape so he can be considered for uh world title material. So I feel like him being a manager while he mm-hmm. works out to get into the kind of shape he wants to be in to go after a world title would be a perfect angle for him. Yeah. So I guess my question is where do you think um where do you think Eddie fits into them and do you think how long do you think it'll take them to get back to a tag team title shot? Um I'd say it's gonna probably be give it a couple months. A couple months. Yeah, give it a couple months. Like try to try to end this as like as quick, but also as story friendly as possible, if that makes sense. Mm. Um and then you know, once they start getting their footing, just being up the two of them with them and Eddie, and then they can go about fighting for the tag titles, winning the tag titles. Because honestly, I'm not really feeling this um, this uh, Jurassic Express thing. Yeah, which is weird, isn't it? Yeah, because we kind of wanted it, but it's it's also like not really. It, it's not. It's not what we thought. It would. I, but I, but I, I think it's also because there's a lot going on right now with tag teams in general. Mm-hmm. Like you figure, you got the Red Dragon stuff, you got the Bucks, then you got the LAX stuff with the inner circle mm-hmm. and then you're still trying to find a way to fit FTR in there. You're still trying to find a way to fit everybody else in there that you're kind of just, you're kind of just juggling too many things at once. Right. So I think the, I think Jurassic Express is just kind of getting lost in the, in the shuffle of things. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. Um, it's still happy for them. I guess we, now we can get to the biggest thing. Um, Cody and Brandy have left AEW. They have come to terms. Um, and they're they're just out. Yeah. And um, they haven't decided where they're going yet that I know of. Uh, it might not be anywhere. Cody could just be doing the Go Big show or retiring. You know, uh, we're, we're not sure exactly where he could be going, if he's going anywhere. 
if he's just taking time off, but apparently uh, there's rumors of, of money, there's rumors of um, there's rumors of conflict in the locker room. I don't really believe that one, but I, I don't know, man. What are your thoughts? It's definitely interesting um, because there really was no rumors of like you said, uh, there there was people saying that there was locker room drama, but we didn't hear anything about locker room drama until he got until he left. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really it's really just kind of a surprise. I mean, there's rumors that Nick Khan, not Tony, there's rumors that Nick Khan are is trying to offer Cody. A ridiculous amount to come back to the WWE. Um, if that, I don't know if that would be a good thing if that happened. Personally, I think it would have to be not a ridiculously high offer, but it would have to be more than money, if that makes sense. I think Cody would need not the same amount of creative freedom, but Cody would need some type of freedom that's like in the realm of a Roman, a Seth. Like he he would need some type of creative freedom for his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, I need only a certain number of particular people, to, including me, to write my stories. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think Cody's the kind of guy that needs a world title. No. But he would need a certain amount of creative control to make sure they didn't bury him. Mm-hmm. So I think... Yeah. Um, we, don't, we don't need Stardust again. Yeah, I think uh, a solid bag and him being able to say only one, two, and three can write my stories. Mm-hmm. Like if if I think me personally, if it was him, um, I'll throw Adam Pierce in there, and fuck, I, I don't even want to say, I don't even want to say Bruce Pritchard or P.S. Hayes. You have to. Well, you have. You would probably have to include Vince. All right, so I would say Cody Vince Pierce. Jason Jordan's been doing all right backstage, so we'll throw Jason Jordan in there, and that's about it. Yeah, I don't want any more than that. Yeah, because you figure Cody's from an era before Jason Jordan. Mm-hmm. Jason Jordan was there in this new era, so he can kind of feel out a crowd a little bit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody knows what works for him, what doesn't work for him. Mm-hmm. Adam Pierce has that experience because he's been one of the better people writing as of late. Mm-hmm. So not to I mention think, he's, he's, he knows um, it's a little bit of familiarity from the Indies. Yeah. Um, having Adam Pierce on a writing team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause some, some of the better stuff they have right now is has Adam Pierce's name somewhere on it. Mm-hmm. Like this tribal chief stuff that's got an Adam Pierce somewhere on it. So yeah, I mean, we don't need the whole creative team involved with my character like you guys do for everyone else. Mm-hmm. 
just give me like two or three people. We'll come up with something. We'll run it by Vince, see if he likes it. Mm-hmm. That's it. We don't need to go through Bruce Pritchard, P.S. Hayes, Nick Khan. Fuck yeah, we'll just go straight to the big fish. Yeah, and I probably only want two people on my promo, like me and someone else. Yeah, well, see, that, that that's another thing. I, I would give Adam for that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Just yeah. me and Adam writing my promos. You can write whatever you want for the other I mean, guy, unless, I want to be in charge of my promo. Yeah. Like, unless Paul is still backstage working here and there, helping people with their promos and stuff, then maybe we can bring Paul in. But no, just keep it, keep it short, simple. Let me and, you know, my two or three people, whoever you delegate it, mm. come up with something, and then we'll just hand it to Vince and see what's up. Because mm-hmm. then you don't have to worry about changing the script five times that day to really get it mm-hmm. right. You can avoid all of that. Yeah. Um, and it kind of helps whoever he's feuding with at the time, too, because yeah. if Cody has the majority of the creative freedom, they kind of really can't change anything on the fly because they change it for that guy, then Cody has to adjust. Right. So, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a good double-edged sword to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it, keeps, it keeps a good balance. Um, but I think that's everything mm-hmm. I have for AEW with Cody possibly going to WWE. Um, I think that leads us into WWE news. Yeah, so I'm going to just do a quick... I'm not going to go through the entire... I'm, I'm going to re- just run through the matches that happened at the Chamber and the results. Mm. Um, because I know you didn't watch the Chamber. You never watched the Chamber in Saudi never Arabia. Watched the Saudi shows, no. I have, I have a bit of a confession to make and the fact that I was very, very bored <laughs> on Saturday. So I managed to go to Peacock. Oh no! And I watched the last two matches of. Oh god! Oh no! Of oh, the Saudi dear. show. Oh dear. Um, technically, I didn't even watch the last two matches. I turned it on for the Becky and Lita match. Once that match ended, I got up, I left, and then I came back, and then found out the tag team match was canceled. Hmm. They, they canceled the tag title match. Mm. So I didn't even get a chance to see that. It ended in a no contest. Um, don't know what happened with that, but as I came back, it was the entrances for the chamber match. And I regret watching the last two matches that I watched. <laughs> uh... me, and, me and D the Toy Hunter spoke on this. D, if you're listening... I'm sorry, bro. I'm throwing you under the bus. He said that was probably going to be the worst pay-per-view of the year. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it was. the Saudi shows, man. That's why he didn't watch this, this is what we do when we're bored. But so we're going to go through the matches real quick with the first match that was on the pre-show. Rey Mysterio versus The Miz ended with Rey Mysterio coming out on top. Then you have Roman Reigns versus uh, Goldberg. Very short match. Match went about six minutes, five minutes, if that. That's a long match for Goldberg. Uh, 
uh, <laughs> it ended with Roman Reigns win by technical submission. Technical submission. He did his choke out. He, yeah, yeah. Only the second time in Goldberg's career he's lost by technical submission. Sweet. The other one being Scott Steiner. <laughs> that's that's a notable name. Um, the women's elimination chamber was won by Bianca Belair. Good stuff. Naomi and Ronda Rousey have defeated Charlotte and Sonya. As they should have. While Ronda had one arm tied behind her back. Yes. And I, you know what? I saw the promo from uh, Friday Night SmackDown. Not a bad promo with Ronda. Not a bad made made Mrs. Jobber laugh. Okay, if we get Mrs. Jobber to laugh, then then I'll give her credit. It's a solid promo. They did good work, man. She's warming up to this. Um, I told you it's a learning curve. We're not gonna go there right now. <laughs> we're not going there. We're not going there right this moment. Um, Drew McIntyre defeated Madcap Moss. Everyone and their mother seen this coming. Yeah, and that gnarly, yeah, um, that gnarly hit he took on the Alabama Slam. One of my favorite prayers. moves, um, by the way. But also, yeah, prayers to Madcap. Oh my goodness! I was gonna, I was gonna say prayers to his neck because Jesus, yeah, that yeah. that that dude's got to have a strong neck to keep going after that. Yeah, the Alabama Slam is one of my favorite moves, but it's also one of the rare moves in wrestling where you do not tuck your chin. Well, it it was it was an, it wasn't even an an actual Alabama slam. It was the rever- it was like a reverse Alabama slam because he oh. took it. That's why his neck hit like that. He hit it like, you know how Bob Holly did it. He kind of just slammed them on their back. Yeah, McIntyre yeah, slammed them front ways. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do not tuck your chin on that thing. No, oh, not at man. all. It was it was. Um, it was gnarly. Yeah, that it was. Then you got Becky Lynch versus Lita with Becky Lynch coming out on top. Yeah. The match showed a lot of ring rust from Lita. But this is... But, mm. but as it went on, it got... I can't even say it got better. The ring rust cleaned up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good way to say it. The match didn't get better as it went on. Lita's ring rust just wore it, it kind of like wore off little by little. Like when it first started, you've seen it clean as day. Then by the end of the match, you're like, all right, the ring rust is still there, but it's not as rusty. Mm-hmm. I guess the card just had to get jump started. I don't know. I, I just, I just wish. I hope this isn't a one off. I don't know. And you know what? Um, it, it It's surprising they went with Alita. If there's anybody from the old women's division that should be having regular matches like twice every year, it should be Michelle McCool. Michelle McCool has been in fantastic shape since the, the first Women's Royal Rumble. Yeah. She's been killing it. I don't know why they have not brought her back for nothing. 
She's been so good in the ring. Like, there's no ring rust on Michelle McCool. She can go. I mean, yeah, I understand Lita because the Saudi king wants what he wants and whatever, but that's why. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to Lita, man. She got a hell of a pop. Like, at least yeah. from what I've seen, she got a hell of a pop. I think, like, her and I mean th- this isn't really saying much, but her and Brock got the two biggest pops I think of what I saw, mm. and Lita might have even got a bigger pop than Brock did. Mm. I mean, because Brock got a big pop that surprised me. Yeah, but Lita's pop might have been even a little bit bigger than Brock's. <laughs> did Lita take your shirt off during the during the match? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she would have been arrested. You you could you could tell there was. <laughs> You could tell that they were still in, st- in uh, Saudi because when she came out, she didn't look like Lita. Like, like she still did all the Lita moves and stuff. She but... had the bodysuit on? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, she had on the long sleeve bodysuit. You, you didn't see anything. No tattoos, no nothing. Becky Lynch was the same way. You didn't see nothing except, like, her hands and her face. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, that that match happened, and then... The men's chamber match ended with, no surprise again, Brock Lesnar coming out on top. Sadly. But it was kind of out of mind fuck because Bobby didn't even enter. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, wait, was that intentional? Because that really didn't look intentional. So Seth did the, a version of the buckle bomb to Austin Theory sending Theory through the pod and taking out Bobby. And then they said Bobby was in concussion protocol. This fucked my head up because I've never heard them say somebody's in concussion protocol. I thought this was the NFL for a second. (laughs) So uh, after the pay-per-view, it comes out. Bobby has been dealing with a shoulder injury since the rumble, Mm. which makes sense because Bobby hasn't wrestled in a match since the rumble. Like Bobby hasn't done anything since the rumble. So it made sense when it happened, but it was still kind of like, damn, I think something else could have happened here. We could have did something completely different. Yeah. Brock's already going to mania. We don't need him as the champion to go into mania. We really didn't, but you know what? I saw this coming. Yeah. So so did I. Um, the rumors were champion versus champion. I didn't get it. I personally thought it was very lazy. And for you to not have anything for the world title, your world title, <laughs> you know what I mean? Your WWE World Heavyweight Championship uh, on the biggest show of this the would year. This would have been a... Very the, lazy. Very lazy writing. This <laughs> would have been a... This would have been a great time to bring Big E back. I mean, whatever, man. I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe you got AJ just, just sitting just there in limbo. Like, I just feel like for you to have nothing for your world title on the biggest match of the year, your biggest pay per view is very lazy writing. I feel like you could have came. Up I feel with like something. you could have threw us a bone. You could have put on a match you didn't really care about. But you know the fans, the the avid wrestling fans will pop for, and put it on mm-hmm. as a first match of the show. You know what I mean? Just to get it out of Dude, the way. Dude, you could have, 
You could have did so us, many you things. You could have gave us Biggie and AJ. You could have gave us, you could have gave us uh, uh, AJ and Randy. You could have gave us anything. You could have gave us anything. This is this was very corny of you to not have anything for the the title that you've held so high for all these years on the biggest show of the year. It it just it's they've they've booked themselves into a corner in my opinion. I think they booked themselves into a corner. That that's my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, so those are those are the chamber results. Um, the only thing that I will say is that. Uh, Sadly, I got I got two things I got to say. One, both chamber matches were relatively short. Mm. Like I don't even think I don't even think they both went fifteen minutes. Mm. Um, Weird. Yeah, and number two, Theory did a good job for the time he was given because Theory was in the final two, and he was in the match from the start. Mm. So theory did. Okay. He didn't eliminate anyone. Brock did all the eliminating, but theory did. Okay. And, and that man took a hell of a bump from that F five. Yeah. The top I of the saw five. that. I saw that clip. Very I was high. like, Oh, his, I was like, Oh, his poor legs. And I was thinking to myself that maybe Brock was going to turn in a way where he landed in the ring, that is not what happened. No. Well, I think for him to land in the ring, Brock would have, like, really had to toss him. Yeah. Like, he, like, full-on launch him. Yeah. At least from going to the side where the pad was. was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and at least you got the padding down there to where you could just go. That's true. Had this been, And let him go. Yeah, had this been, like, 2003 Elimination Chamber... That yeah, a hell of a bomb. <laughs> shit. Shit. Just let that have been Spike Dudley. Oh my God! Right, Spike would have been Spike would have been launched to the other end of the damn ring. <laughs> That'd have been a coast to coast F five. <laughs> damn, first time in history, a coast to coast F five. And that's just we got to make that a, we got to make that a finisher somewhere. Yeah. Some somebody get Reginald and Brock in the ring. <laughs> they could have made that work. Oh man. Yeah, but yeah. Those are those are the uh those are the chamber results that I have. So I'm gonna I have two more things to discuss. Um I don't know what's more important than the other, but I'll just go with the most predictable thing that we called Undertaker. The man, the myth, the legend, the phenom is going to take his rightful place in the 2022 WWE Hall of Fame. I mean, to say this was a long time coming is an understatement. Mm-hmm. We we all knew this was going to happen one day. Yeah. Um. So I just want to, I just want to pick your brain about something. One of them has something to do with The Undertaker, and one of them kind of does, but kind of doesn't. Since he's going in the Hall of Fame, when you think of Undertaker, what's, let's say, one or two matches that stick out to you in his Hall of Fame career? Um, two matches that always stick out for me. Um, 
and and um it's it's really because I had when I was younger um I had a three disc DVD set of every era of The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Um so I've seen his entire career, two of the matches that stick out to me the most. And just you know what it's even hard to say too. I'll give I'll give you two and a runner up. Um okay. The biggest one is got to be the WrestleMania 20 comeback. Mhm. Um because it's the first time I ever seen Kane scared to death. Yeah. And it was the most hilarious thing in the world to watch. And you get to see the day the re-debut of Paul Bear. Um at the very start of the entrance that just kind of gives you chills every time mm-hmm. uh, because it was so unexpected that he was going to show up and all the druids come out. It is classic taker. It is classic taker. And he does all the classic taker stuff, not the moves. Um, he does the moves too. Of course it's WrestleMania, but the little things that make taker who he is, the, the opponent being scared, the, uh, no selling the punches, the scaring off the ref, the you know all of the little things that make the Undertaker terrifying. Um, yeah, it's always one of my favorites. Um, another one of my favorite matches is uh, Triple H versus Undertaker the first time at WrestleMania mm-hmm. um, when they were feuding over Triple H destroying Taker's bike. Uh, because back in the 2000s when he was biker taker that was the one unwritten rule uh, you were sort of you were certified um, you were you were you were certified for an ass whooping if you fucked up taker's bike yeah uh, mania 17 yeah and they had a hell of a brawl and I just mm-hmm. remember uh, my favorite two spots was the first time he lifted him up for the last ride and Hunter came right down on his head with the sledgehammer. And mm-hmm. the second time when he got off the last ride, because that's probably one of the best, the best cells of the last ride I've seen when Triple H took that thing to end it. it he just bounced so far off the mat. It was hilarious. Um, yeah. It was crazy. And then my runner-up has got to be Vengeance. I think it was 2002 um, against John Cena because it was okay. uh, the, the respect angle. Because um, it was one mm-hmm. of those, like, it was, John was so hated at the time. And you just knew, like, it was, again, that like that scare factor, but not on a, not on a, um, not on a paranormal level, just he's just takers just big and bad and scared. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. Just at the time they were calling him the best pure striker in the business, and he was just going there out there and laying suckers out. It was it was crazy, and the promo was one of the best promos I've ever heard from Taker. Uh, and they they went out there and just had a had a fight. 
Mm-hmm. It was pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, that's two in a runner up for you. Uh, some of my best, my favorite taker moments. All right. So for me, um, one of my favorite taker moments has got to be the heaven versus hell match with Sean. Mm-hmm. Just because of the storytelling, man. Like Sean coming down from the rafters, and then you got Taker coming out. It's just it it was a great story, great match. You can't go wrong with it. Definitely mm-hmm. probably one of Taker's best mania matches. Mm-hmm. One of his best matches, period. One of the best WrestleMania matches, period. Mm-hmm. Um let me see. Another one would probably be a biker taker moment. Um, the Monday Night Raw where he fought Jeff Hardy in the ladder match. Yes, that was one of the best ones. Yep. Yeah, th- that match was fucking phenomenal. Uh, if I could go out on a limb, I would say probably Jeff's best match mm. that he's had. Um. And then the storytelling again afterwards where Taker goes in there, chokes, slams him, then leaves, uh, then comes back, goes to hit him, and then just raises his hand. Like, that's one tough son of a bitch. And then leaves. Um, and Jeff sold it perfectly because he fell right after. Like, uh, just, just. And then so the, honor- the honorable mention for me, not really a match, but just like, a series of yeah, I guess, I guess it'd be a match. Um, the stuff with Randy Orton mm, yeah. when he was just scaring the hell between I think it was like No Mercy and Mania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he was just like scaring the the hell out of Randy, the living hell out of him. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that too as the honorable mention. Yeah, those are some those are some funny ass moments. Like he did scaring he, the shit out of Randy. He came out at Survivor Series and just beat the crap out of everybody in the ring with just the one punch of doom. Mm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go with that. Some of Taker's best moments are when people are scared to death of him or there's that big bad dude that's not scared of him. Mm-hmm. Those are some of Taker's best moments. You rarely get the guy yeah. that's unafraid of The Undertaker. But the the moments where people are totally terrified are the best. Yeah, and he, and he did it. There's just certain people that he did a great job with scaring, like just from their facial expressions. Like Randy was one, mm-hmm. Kane was one, mm-hmm. JBL. Yes. Um, JBL one person who he did who he perfectly. One person who he did good stuff with a little bit that he didn't really scare was uh. When Kurt was the wrestling machine. Yes. Kurt, um, Brock, and Batista were three of the best names to go up against. Yeah, Batista was scared. another one. Because his I his, forgot oh I forgot God. about Batista. The Batista taker. Oh, that was one of them. That was one. Damn, of them. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that now when he picked Batista. They had such a pure hatred. <laughs> Just they just and and I remember, I remember they said uh, Batista said that they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't Mm. know who he was picking. Mm. He said that was just all on the fly. 
Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Damn, just, just imagine if that was really all on the fly and he picked Bobby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, Taker's going for the ECW title? What the hell's going on here? That'd have been hilarious. That that would have been like one of the very first times, like, oh yeah, we ain't we ain't even gotta watch it. We already know what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. At least at least with Batista. It was a toss. At least with Batista. It was yeah, a you kind of wondered. But yeah, that was a great mania match too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got one more thing to discuss, and this is probably something I never thought we would mention on this podcast, just because of how long it's been. Mm-hmm. Um but there is a potential rumor that we're going to be getting a return to the ring from Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm. In 2022, did you think you would ever be hearing the words Stone Cold will be potentially returning to action? Not at all. Um, and I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it. I'm glad you said that because I, I don't mean it in a bad way. But I kind of don't want him to. Yeah. I think of Stone Cold like I think of Sean. Um. I see Sean in a light where, and this is another reason you don't watch Saudi shows. I, I see mm-hmm. Sean in a light where I, I love Sean. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. But if he was to do it today, I'm not entirely sure I want to see that. Because I yeah. like to remember him as he was which is the entire concept of staying retired. Um, I'd like to remember Sean as he was instead of bald, getting hurt, missing moonsaults, looking very rusty against people that also look very rusty. It's just not a good look. I don't I mean, uh, even though Austin didn't do amazing high-flying stuff, even though Austin mm-hmm. in his in his uh in his most iconic gimmick was mostly a brawler, I just am not sure if I would want to see Austin come back. I, I just it, this is the thing. Do you remember when Bret Hart came back? Yeah. And it was cool when he was doing the promos and the blah, blah, blah. But it was not cool when he won the IC title. Uh, The U.S. title. The U.S. title. Sorry. Yeah. It was like, y'all really letting him do this. Mm Mm-hmm. This is pathetic. (laughs) This is like, this this is not Um, I just don't want Austin to come back and him look like Bret Hart when Bret came back. Yeah. The, um, I was going to say the only like redeeming thing I can say about it is when Austin left, it, was, it, it, it wasn't because he wanted to leave. He retired because of an injury. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and the doctors told him, you have to retire or you could potentially be paralyzed. Mm-hmm. And he said numerous times after the fact, he listens to the doctors, you know, he doctor's orders, I understand, but he's never really had major neck pain after he injured his neck. Mm. He said he he never really had pain. I mean, he gets pain from sitting on the couch too long, but, you know, that happens to anybody. Mm. You know, you, you sit on the couch for an hour or so. When you get up, you're going to feel the tightness too. Mm. Um, and he's one of those people that even when he retired, his character got better. Like, mm. that, 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 that's one of the rare things. Like, it doesn't happen all the time. Like the legend grew when he went away. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, damn, hold on. Austin's coming. Oh shit. We're scared. Like he can just come in, pop a stunner on somebody and leave. Mm-hmm. It, he, I think he's the only person that that mystique made him bigger. Even after he retired. Mm. So that kind of makes me not want him to come back. Well, the, the only thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish go ahead. No, you go. Um, I was going to say, well, I feel like if they do do it with Kevin, which is the rumor, mm-hmm. um, I give them a Goldberg match. Time span, six to ten minutes, uh, mostly brawling. Um, definitely no apron powerbomb spot. No. Hell no. Um, protect that neck. Protect that neck. Um, like the Wu Tang Clan says. Um, mm-hmm. Mostly brawling spots. I give Kevin the corner uh, cannonball. I give him the frog splash. Um, I give Austin the Luthez and the elbow. Um, have him go, have Austin kick out of Kevin's stunner. And give uh, Owens like three stunners in a row. One, two, mm-hmm. three, celebration. Don't give him a long, drawn yeah. out match. Give him that 10 minutes no. of just all the classic Austin spots with a little bit of brawling mm-hmm. to make it look like a good back and forth. And then play off of the fact yeah, that. Yeah, like go to, the, go to the outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do a lot of character work. Yeah, like, uh, m- make it funny. Like, have Austin drink a beer mid-match, like, when they're fighting on the outside, yeah, and he just... Yeah. I, when they're by the fans, and try like, mm-hmm. do a, one of the things where you plant a fan there with a cup of beer, mm-hmm. and have Austin take a sip of the beer, do the toast yeah, to the crowd, Austin, and then just throw the Austin, beer at Kevin. Yeah, have Austin whip his ass all over the arena. You know, mm-hmm. do, do some character work, and then do the big, the big, uh, the big stunner spot at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a way to work this that doesn't show any weaknesses if if Austin is lost. Yeah. So I feel honestly, like that's I'd the have best way to do it. I'd have Kevin take three stunners, but I, yeah, I'd yeah, have him be I'm like, saying. yeah, like you have him stun him the first time and he he didn't fall. You have him do it the second time and he's just like over there dazed, like how the Rock was before, and Austin's just going, like he's mm-hmm. lining up the shot mm-hmm. and then stunner him again and then get the win that way. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. That'd be hilarious. I'd love that. I love. So, I mean, hopefully, I love for Kevin to get like a good bit of offense off. Um, mm-hmm. 
I say like if if we're doing it two minutes, I book the first three minutes straight brawling. Mm-hmm. Um, fourth to four, five, six. Give uh, Owen some good offense. Let him get the the corner power, the corner uh, cannonball. Let him get the frog splash. Let him hit the stunner. Um, and it looked like it's over. And Kevin's doing a lot of crowd work. And Austin kicks out. And then Austin hits the Luthez first stunner, second stunner, third stunner, then the pin and big celebration. That's how I'm booking it. Yeah. I mean, as long as Austin doesn't look bad, I mean, maybe we can, maybe we'll be here for it. Because, I mean, he's talking a lot of, uh, Owens is talking a lot of crap on Texas already. So Mm. that kind of makes me think it's going to happen. Yeah. Just, just as long as it gets done right, I guess. We don't, we don't want to see the mystique of Austin get tarnished. Yeah, yeah. You know what I would do? I would do a fake out, too. If I was booking it, if they're, like, really getting Austin, mm-hmm. I, might do, I might do a fake out. I might do, like, uh, I might call uh, uh, JBL uh, and tell Sean to come down and have uh, JBL come out first. Then have uh, it be a fake out and Sean come, Sean mm-hmm. come out second, and then be like, you know what? We thought about it, and uh, maybe we're really not the right guys for this. Yeah, but you know, and then the glass breaks, and it's all yeah. you get that huge third pop. It's like, ah, mm-hmm. yeah. If they really, if they're really getting in Austin, I'd, I'd milk it for a little bit. Yeah. Until like the last moment, you know. Because mm-hmm. if we all know it's gonna be Austin, then you don't really need to do a lot of build up. You can kind of do it like the week or two before. Yeah. And just have Owens like put himself in a hole in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I mean, if they get him back and they do it right, I'm all for it. I loved Austin. He's one of my favorites. Um, I just, I just hope there's a way to do it where he doesn't look bad. Yeah, do it the right way. Um, But I think that's everything we have for this week. Uh, So now, with that being said, we're going to jump into these shout-outs. Who will be taking the reins first on the shout-outs, me or you? Um, Let me go last because I got some. Okay. So I'm going to kick off the shout-outs first this week. Uh, I'm going to start with the wrestling fanatics. You guys already know what we do. You got D the Toy Hunter, Fats, AJ the Collecting Legend, Fritzy, Joey Reckless. Go check them out on YouTube and Instagram as well. We got Johnny Funko. We have uh, the All About Wrestling Podcast. Go check them out if you haven't already. We got Off the Top Ropes Podcast, too. Um... They're on Spotify, Apple Music, just like we are. So you can check them out. And then we have our Twitch shout out as well. Official, official DJ Blade. If you're on Twitch and you like good music, dope vibes, good times, you definitely need to go check him out on Twitch. Uh, that'll be all the shout outs that I have for this week. So with that being said, Mr. Stevie Jobber, we're going to throw it right on over to you. All right, guys, you know how it goes. First and foremost, Doghouse Gaming for all your retro gaming needs. 
I got to do it every pod. I got to do it every pod. <laughs> you have to go check them out. Follow them on Instagram. Follow them on Facebook. Doghouse Gaming for all your retro gaming needs. They are incredibly responsive. They are always having new stuff every week and posting it so you can tell them to hold stuff, run down the street and go get it. Whatever you got to do, Doghouse Gaming for all your retro gaming needs. Now, the rest of my shout-outs, I have to give an overall shout-out to uh, 4 Monster Factory. Uh, We've gotten an influx of new followers all under the monster factory uh up in jersey um i want to give a shout out to and make sure i get all these names right um i want to give a shout out to goldie who was just recently on aew dark for following us on twitter i want to give a shout out to uh i i i will probably butcher this last name but i'm going to try it um michael Zaniga, I'm gonna, I'm, Zaniga, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with Zaniga, um, and if I'm wrong, correct me, because I'll, I'll put it out on Twitter, um, Michael Zaniga, also from the Monster Factory, and probably the best name that I've seen in wrestling in a while, um, the wet Brian Waters, uh, from the Monster Factory, mm-hmm. Shout out to all three of you guys for following us on Twitter. Uh, big shout out to the Monster Factory in Jersey. We have got to go down there soon. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know who's talking us up over there in the Monster Factory, but I thank you. I have a couple. Um, I have a couple theories on who it might be, but I won't. Out of fear of saying the wrong name, I won't say anything. But I will mm-hmm. tell you that we do have a wrestler of the pod from the Monster Factory. Um, Philly's finest, uh, was, uh, was, uh, one of the wrestlers of the pod a while ago. Yeah. Um, that do this, uh, perfect Italian mob gimmick mm-hmm. that I absolutely love. He was, he was, uh, he was one of our, uh, wrestlers of the pod a while ago. So it might be him, but I'm not going to say names out of fear of saying the wrong one, but whoever is talking us up in the monster factory, thank you so much. And that will do it for my shout outs. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, guys, thank you for tuning into this week's episode. As always, you know where to find us on Instagram, on Twitter, Dangerous Jobbers Podcast. If you're listening to this, you can listen to anywhere that podcasts can be played. Make sure you check out the Dangerous Jobbers website.com. You check out our YouTube page, Dangerous Jobbers. Uh, stay up to date on all the new stuff that we're doing because we got some new stuff coming real soon. So make sure you go check them out. And as always, guys, you already know how it is. Have a great week. Stay up, stay blessed. And as always, stay dangerous.